The Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub, featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be bringing you the conclusion of a sermon in my husband's series on heavenly authority. The current topic is the office of the apostle, and the focus of this sermon has been the tremendous power God displayed in the early church through the ministry of the twelve apostles, with Peter at the lead. When we left off, Pastor was reading from Acts chapter 5. Before we return to the message, I want to remind you that you can find a library of radio programs, articles, information about our church and services, and timely blogs by Pastor Greg on our website at www.shiarjashub.org. Don't know how to spell Shiar Jashub? Check out Isaiah 7, verse 3. Here now is the author of the award-winning Bible study book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, Pastor Greg Scalzo. One accord, one mind. And when the church has one mind, one accord, there is power. There's great power. Wonderful signs and wonders were done. And what does it say in verse 13? Yet none of the rest dared join them, right? The others are standing off from them. They recognize there's something different about these believers in Jesus of Nazareth. They're standing far off from them saying there's something special about these believers in Jesus of Nazareth. But the people esteem them highly. They're standing away, they're in awe, but they respect them. They highly regarded them. They esteemed them because they've seen the works that have been displayed. If only this could be repeated in full today. When we pray for the Pentecostal fire, is this the image of the church that we have? How crucial, powerful, God-given authority is in the church the apostles here are in the fullness of their office. They've established the church, they're maintaining the church, they're growing the church, and they're protecting the church as a called-out, glorified body that commanded by word and by deed, by signs and by wonders, the respect of all who saw it. Think of those Israelites who are standing back in the temple watching this group in Solomon's portico and the signs and wonders and they're afraid to come near because these other Israelites who believe in Jesus, look at what's going on with them. Look at the power being displayed. Look at the healings. Look at the wonders and signs and listen to the words. They highly esteemed and regarded them. That's the image of the powerful church that we should be praying for. We forget this time we tend to read it over and we go on with the missionary journeys, but we forget this time, these acts of the apostles. 
There is great respect here for the apostles, and so there's great respect for the gospel, and there's great respect for the church. And you read that in verse 14 of chapter 5, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, a growing church, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. There's such a pouring off of him, and what a contrast between Peter of the Gospels and Peter now. He's so saturated with the Holy Spirit, the overflow of that anointing, the glory, the glory. You know, you talk about the glory in the Old Testament, the Shekinah. You won't find the word Shekinah in the Bible, but it's in a lot of the Jewish writings, the visible manifestation, presence of God, right? They had that cloud by day, pillar of fire by night, you had the visible presence of Shekinah glory coming down upon the Holy of Holies, right? That glory, that overwhelming manifestation. Well, the glory that was upon Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, he pours over now like the tongues of fire that come down and divide upon his disciples. And Peter is so saturated that as he walks, if his shadow touches, they can expect a miracle to happen. An important part of church history. Verse 16, also multitude gather from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem. They're coming just like what? Just like Jesus, right? They're gathering together just like when you read in the Gospels. As they came to Jesus, they're coming from the surrounding cities of Jerusalem. Remember the Gospel goes first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed just like Jesus, just like the Lord said, right? Just like he told them and promised them at the Last Supper when he said to them in John chapter 14, verse 12, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Jesus is interceding for his disciples that just what he had, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, they would have, but there's more than just one. You have 12 apostles. you got thousands of believers. He doesn't just say apostles, right? He said, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Remember, we said the apostles weren't special like only to them. Rather, they were in the lead, that the rest would come to the same place. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, Jesus says, I will do it. Praise the Lord. Powerful time in church history. And then you know um, you have the complaining in chapter 6. It starts to go wrong. You know, you're taking more care of the Hebrew widows than the Hellenistic Jewish widows. And you have the appointing of the deacons. And then you have Stephen's wonderful anointed address. And you have the persecution of the church under Saul. And we read in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, Now Saul was consenting to his death, meaning Stephen. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. We studied that, right? And then 
you read in verse 5 about Philip, not Philip the apostle, Philip the deacon, who is now Philip the evangelist. And it says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord, this was an area that all of them accepted, heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing miracles, which he did. So now we have one that's not an apostle, but he's doing the miracles too, right? And the multitudes heeded the things he said. They see and they hear. Again, hearing and seeing. Hearing the words, seeing the signs, hand in hand. 4 verse 7, unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. Just like the lame man, Philip now, he prays and the spirits come out. He lays hands and the lame are healed. And verse 8, there was great joy in that city. And down in verse 12, but when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God, and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Those who believe and are baptized, Jesus said. It was natural, once they believed in Jesus, to get baptized into his name. And I don't know why that's such an issue today in the church. And then down in verse 14, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, first Judea, then Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth, right? had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So they were baptized in water, but they had not yet received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They believed they received the word of God, but there wasn't the anointing like on Pentecost upon them. And the, the apostles hear it. Peter and John are sent down. They lay hands. You see here how sometimes, not always, there needs to be that authority in the laying on of hands for the spirit to be received. Not all the time. Cornelius' house doesn't need it. They are so accepted of all that the spirit of God has that Peter's in the middle of his sermon and they're baptized in the Holy Spirit and nobody's laid hands upon them. But here, you see one of the roles of the apostles, that they laid hands upon them, and they did that, which Philip, though he was obviously anointed in the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, miracles and signs following him, what he could not do, they did. And the people were filled with the Holy Spirit. In such a powerful manifestation, powerful way, that when Simon the sorcerer sees it, he says, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. That's how dramatic the physical manifestations are that the sorcerer wants part of this. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. And he tells him to repent if possible, to be forgiven. And then um, you read in verse 25, so when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, Peter and John, while they're there, not just lay hands upon them, they preach, they testify, they return to Jerusalem, 
preaching the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. But as they're going back, they're preaching. They're telling about Jesus. And they go back to the center. They go back to Jerusalem. What power we've read about this morning. What a confirmation of the word and the witness of the Holy Spirit. What a critical role the apostles filled in the church. And that's why we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, the framework for the study of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the offices and ministries of the Holy Spirit and the workings and the activities of the Holy Spirit. And God has appointed these in the church first apostles. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We pray, Father, that you would give us a vision for the church that as it was at first, it will be, Father God, in the last days. That you would bring back that Pentecostal fire, that you would anoint with authority, Lord God, that there would be fear and awe, that there would be respect for your believers by the awesome power and display of the might of the Holy Spirit to pour out your spirit upon all flesh that there would be such works to accompany the preaching of your word that many, many, many from all nations, tribes, tongues, and languages would come into your kingdom in the last days. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can write to us at our post office box in Branford, Connecticut. That's Shear Jashub, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in Madison, Connecticut in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane. Please remember to join us next time for Shear Jashub.